0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: They threw the bottle, one that had brandy, and then one of the girls, I'm not sure which one it was, they took a wine glass, broke the wine glass, and made a shank.
2: Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Jennifer Williams right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience twice a week on Reality with the King. We'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. Today's guest on Reality with the King is my good girlfriend, Jennifer D. Williams. Yes! (laughs) From Basketball Wise. I love this conversation that I had with Jennifer. We talked about her position being an OG on Basketball Wise for, oh my gosh, more than 10 seasons. In addition to that, we talk about the status of her friendship with Evelyn. We also get into her thoughts about Shawnee O'Neal being the EP of the show, but also a cast member and if that caused any friction between the cast. Lastly, we also get into Jennifer's love life. Remember how she dated former Sweetie Pie's reality star, Tim Norman, who's now in prison for allegedly hiring people to kill his nephew? I know, guys, very dark, okay? She gets into a story about the signs she saw when they were dating. And baby, it left my jaw dropping on the floor. Without further ado, get into my conversation with Jennifer Williams. So, when I met Jennifer D. Williams at the BET Awards, guys, I was like fangirling inside because at the end of the day, I don't care how big I get in this genre. I will always be a fan and a viewer. And I was screaming inside when I first met you, Jennifer.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I Listen, I remember that day like it was yesterday. And I was a fan of yours. I mean, you're a big deal.
2: Thank you, baby. Thank you. So now, so we became close friends. And we're still friends to this day. So let's talk about you and what you're going through now. So currently um basketball wives is on hiatus the season finale aired recently and we saw this new transformation into this season where shawnee was gone tammy was gone evelyn was gone and then you were the last standing og from the first season of basketball wives did you feel the pressure as an og to keep it moving
1: Absolutely. I think when you are OG, and listen, I started the Basketball Wives franchise, and so I was the last OG. You know, Jackie and Malaysia, they started the LA franchise, but, you know, Miami came first. I honestly didn't know what to expect because you're coming into this season, like you said, I am used to having certain people there. Now, granted, we've had people leave and they brought like other people in. But these girls had been on the show and they had been on the LA show, which I was not a part of. So I didn't know any of the girls and I didn't know really their storylines in the past and what they could bring to the table. But I knew it was going to be, everybody's going to be looking like, Okay, what's this about? And it takes time for the audience to get used to seeing faces that they're not familiar with. So, of course, I felt like, okay, we got to make this good because one, it's season 10, people are going to be talking because everybody left. So, I definitely felt a certain amount of pressure. And my thing is I'm I'm very whatever I'm going through in real life, that's what you're going to see. Like, I don't play some character I'm pretty much the same way. And I think you can attest to this. I'm the same person on and off the screen and I'm not really dramatic. I'm not going to be like the loudest person in the room, but you know, when you have three OGs, they're looking at you like, okay, what are we bringing to the table here? So I definitely felt that pressure.
2: Yeah, no. And and it's interesting because on this podcast, I would recap basketball wise and I'm a huge fan of the franchise, and I even said this season that something's missing. I know Jen on a personal level. Jen understands the assignment. Jen isn't the most dramatic person in the room. She's not like this big lead. Jen knows her position when it comes to an ensemble cast. If you pass her the ball, she's going to Scotty Pippen that motherfucker and know how to keep it moving. But she needs somebody on her left, on her right, who's able to move things forward. I think the beginning of this season was weird, and I wasn't that interested in it, because I'm like, something's missing. So you're right in terms of people had to get their groove going. And then towards the middle to end, I'm like, oh, bitch, now it's getting good. Did you also feel the missing element of a Shawnee, Tammy, and Evelyn?
1: Honestly, I I didn't feel that, because I did feel that, The girls that we have now, they have great personal stories. And I myself was interested in their stories. So I felt like, okay, I don't know what the viewers are going to think because, one, you know, like I said, you have to get used to people. And I don't think, like, in the beginning when you kind of throw – people in your face are like, wait, who is this? So I think it took a minute for the audience to just kind of warm up to the people that they weren't familiar seeing. But I will say, I felt like the girls, they were, they, they knew what they had to do. Because my thing is this, I'm like, look, I've been on this show for a really long time and I don't want them to have to do all the hard
2: work. Yeah, no, I think they did eventually. But me being real, the thing about Basketball Wives is the friendships. I am missing you and Evelyn together. Even when you guys had that rough patch in your friendship, I stopped watching after that incident, Jen, where Evelyn came across the table. And I stopped watching because I felt like we liked the show because of the camaraderie with the friendships. Absolutely. But we did get a chance to see you two reconcile, and I was happy to see that. What is your relationship now like with Evelyn?
1: So what people didn't see is, I guess it was season nine when we did the the mansion shoots, which was whew, a nightmare. Um, I didn't really, I saw her one time when we were filming because she was in a, a different house. And so when that whole thing was over she actually uh called me and we had a conversation we talked and she was like listen like let's just move forward and you know like we're not getting any younger so we actually are in a great place you know we're not best friends we don't talk every day but we definitely we check in and it's it's good I you know I'm always going to love her and you know, I, I do think the fans probably do miss her. Um, and I know it was always like this Jennifer Evelyn dynamic, which is, it, it was real, you know? Like we weren't cast to be on the show. We were actually real friends before Basketball Wives was even thought of. So, I mean, I, that right there is kind of priceless. And when you see that on TV, you can't, you can't make it up. It's not a forced friendship it's something, you know, the girl was in my wedding. When I started dating my ex-husband, you know, that's when we became friends. So I think that is priceless because some relationships on TV, you feel like it's a it's a little forced because you have to be around these girls. But that was something that was very real. And and, and everything that happened that you guys saw, it it was real life.
2: When you look back on that moment, is it hard for you to watch that scene where she ran across the table? Talk to us about what you were feeling during that moment as you look at this woman who was in your wedding trying to physically attack you, not once but twice.
1: That moment was just so crazy because I, my first instinct is never to fight somebody. So I you know when the girl was coming around the table I think it was Tammy or somebody and she was like Jennifer get up get up and and I was kind of like so confused as to what was even happening because I'm not really a fighter in real life. Um so you know I had this situation with her where I got slapped and then I don't even know how Evelyn even got involved because everything was happening so fast. And, you know, when she got up, I think she threw some flowers at first. I I can't remember that got thrown. And then it was like the run across. And I was kind of just in a twilight zone, like what the hell is happening? And I can't even believe that our friendship had got to that point where, you know she would want to to physically harm me because i'm like this is somebody you know i loved and i understand people you know fall out and have disagreements but for me when i'm friends with someone i don't put my hands on them or try and cause them physical harm i just i have that kind of discipline and that's it's something that i would never want to do so it was hard. I mean, I haven't obviously seen that scene in a really long time. And, you know, thinking about it, I never really knew what I thought in that moment because I was so confused as to what was happening and it was happening all so fast.
2: Did you ever have a conversation with the producers and the network after that moment about your safety and whether or not you wanted to continue filming on that show?
1: Well, first I called my attorney, because you know I stay lawyered up. And he was like, I'll make a police report. And so, so here's the thing. When some shit like that goes out, I really I have my attorneys deal with it because I'm like, look, it's out of my league. And so I I know my attorneys got involved and it was the whole thing of like, okay, is she gonna go to Tahiti? And I was like, listen, like if that girl is gonna be there, Naya, I was like, I'm not going. And so I think it was like last minute I was on the plane with Kenya. And I found out she was actually in Tahiti. And so it was like a whole thing with my lawyers. They had to put me at a whole separate hotel. I can't remember all the specifics. You know, when you're talking about my physical safety, that's a huge deal. And I'm like, I'm at work and I shouldn't have to feel threatened or be looking over my shoulder because I'm coming to do my job.
2: And what was crazy about that whole situation to me was the fact that that's just not who you are. And I, and I always felt that you were somebody that they picked on because you're not a fighter. Listen, people can say if they want about you. Oh, Jen's messy, Jen's that. Whatever. That's all debatable. But it's more so about... Why pick on somebody who you know that's not their personality? And I think that's why a lot of people are turned on Evelyn and turned on Malaysia. It's one thing to, like, read somebody and attack them with your words. Right. But even when Malaysia picked up a table, you guys were in Amsterdam, right?
1: Yes, we're in Amsterdam. I was there for literally 24 hours. I was like, I'm out of here. Like, come on, bitches, you throwing whole tables? Like, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I had said in my interview, you are lying back to Laquisha. <laughs> Who does that? Like, what? In that moment, I literally, I had zero fear. And I was thinking to myself, how am I going to throw this big bitch over the bridge? That was literally what was in my mind. If you look at it, I literally don't move. But what happened was a security guard was there And he had his arm up and his arm got all bloody. I believe he has a good stitches. I don't remember exactly. But yes, and I was just standing there like, okay, well, you're going to have to fight this big bitch.
2: (laughs) No, the reason why I'm like quiet and low-key gagging and laughing simultaneously is because I do remember that moment you were wearing Fendi. (laughs) Because, girl, you're always dripped up at the fashion style. You were wearing Fendi. And I do remember uh, that moment you're talking about. You know, okay, so
1: for me, I was just like, wow, that's really crazy. And so the other thing that really blew me was there was one producer that I was cool with, right? And he was the only one that came to my room because I was staying at a whole separate hotel from the other girls. And checked on me. None of the producers called me. The network didn't call me. Nobody asked how I was doing. I was like floored. That like, something of that magnitude. Like, why wouldn't you reach out?
2: What's crazy is, that's not the first time I heard that. In terms of a big moment happening and nobody reaching out.
1: Now, I have to say, we have switched production companies. And, you know, truly... Entertainment is the production company and it is a completely different feel. I can, you know, I love Lauren. I can pick up the phone. I can call the executives in the office. I can text them. They check on me. So it is, it's, it's very different. And so the executives at Shed, I didn't really know who they were. They would come in, you know, during a reunion and you would kind of like see them, but I never had a personal relationship with any of them.
2: Wow, that's so interesting. So let me break this down for my listeners. So every show you guys are watching, a production company is producing it for the network. So for example, my company is called Kingdom Rank Entertainment. I produce shows for Own, BT, etc., right? But I, as you guys know, who follow me. I interact with my cast. My cast, they know me. I know them. We talk. Shed Media is a production company that used to produce Basketball Wives. So oftentimes, production companies are people who you have connections with. And Truly Original is a production company who's currently producing Basketball Wives. And they do Atlanta Housewives, Potomac, Dubai, and Lauren Escaline, who is one of my loves. And she's super amazing, She is one of the executives at Truly. And that's what I'm used to because when I started Atlanta Housewives, Lauren Eskalyn was there. And I learned from her in terms of how you got to have a relationship with your cast in order for them to feel comfortable. Do you miss having Tammy on the show?
1: Um, I actually do miss having Tammy on the show. She, um, Tammy, she's a lot. I mean, I guess to a certain extent, I miss... Something about everybody that has been on the show. But I have to say, you know, Tammy and I, we're not like in the best place, but I'm happy for her and her show that she has. So, you know, I wish her continued success.
2: So, Shawnee has opted not to film this season. Obviously, she is now married to a pastor. Were you invited to the wedding? No, I was not. <laughs> Shocker.
1: Um, <laughs> issue with her, but we don't, we will text, talk if something is going on. And we did say, you know, we would catch up at some point. We don't talk like that. So, you know, I wasn't expecting to go to her wedding. And even if she did invite me, it was like Memorial Day weekend. I have plans.
2: It's true. We know, bitch, you're jet setter. So... <laughs> One of the critiques that people had about Shawnee was the fact that y'all had an executive producer who was also a cast member of the show. And Tammy even said things that sometimes Shawnee allegedly would show her scenes to get her hyped up to go into a scene on 100. As you were filming the earlier seasons and even this most recent season... Did you feel that it was hard for you women to be fair knowing that across the table from y'all is an EP who doesn't mind saying thank you for your services?
1: For sure. I mean, you have an executive producer who was also a cast member. That just, it's such a rare thing. It really doesn't happen. And so you have somebody that's like, on production calls and talking to the network and that can sway stories. And so, you know, it has editing control. The thank you for your services was, that was LA. So that was kind of like after, you know, Miami had taken off. But, you know, you you never want to be in that position, one, because it's just embarrassing for somebody to say that to you on TV. Now, granted, Brandy did come back that next season, but it's still... It, a very intimidating position to be in.
2: Now, you were on a show I created called The Next 15. That was on TV <laughs> yes. One with Tiffany Pollard, Carambo, Bizzino, Laura Gavon, and Claudia Jordan. Um, you and Laura Gavon had such a great rapport, and it was so fun for you guys to be around each other because I, I love her from Basketball wise I think Laura is super fun. She's amazing. And she's equally a fashionista like you are, my love. Why haven't we seen Laura on Basketball Wives?
1: Oh, boy. So I'm not really sure. I know there was talks about her coming back several seasons. Then the talks would just go away. And so, you know, Laura would call me like, hey, are you guys filming? And I would be like, yeah, we're about to start. So I don't know. At one point, I heard she was signing a contract. And she was coming to film, and then I didn't hear about it anymore. So I know that I think Laura and Shawnee have a situation. I'm not sure if they're cool now or if that has anything to do with it. I really don't know, to be honest with you.
2: Is the situation Laura and Shawnee have is the fact that Laura allegedly slept with Shaq? Ooh,
1: now you know there's a lot of those allegations (laughs) running around. I don't know. I mean. That's what the streets say. I- I'm not sure. I mean, but listen, at this point, Shawnee is married to somebody else. So I don't really think she should hold on to that because, listen, he probably slept with a lot of people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mm. Whew, I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more of my conversation with Jennifer. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my chat with Jennifer Williams. I want to give you my recap of this season of Basketball Wives. Okay,
1: please.
2: Yes. So like I said, I thought it started off slow. I'm like, where are we going to get the good stuff? And then in the middle of the season, I'm like, okay, it's getting good. Obviously, Jackie Christie... Is also an OG on the LA edition of the show, but now they merged Miami and LA and made it one. Um, I have a crush on Brooke Bailey, I think she's so pretty. I just awesome. I have a crush on Brooke. I just want to like eat her up. No, no pun intended. <laughs> I just I just think she's so beautiful, and I like the fact that we're seeing more of her, and I was into the Malaysian brandy reconciliation of their friendship, but then I felt like they spent too much time on it, and I'm like, girl, move on. So I do think, based on where this season has ended, it was nice to see the camaraderie back, because at the end of the day, yes, the fans like drama, but they only like drama when it comes from a real place of real friendships, and I do think the show is going to get back to that. When it comes to Nia and her sister, Nori or something. Noria, yes. Yeah. Are we going to see them again or were they kindly shown the door after they threw some stuff at Brandy? Vegas was crazy. Let me just say that.
1: Again, you know when these moments happen, it it's it's so quick, right? So if if you miss one thing you're like, what the hell? So that that was kind of how I felt. They got into the thing with Brandy and Brooke. I don't know who threw what, whatever. And I'm standing right there, okay? All I know is I'm like, how the hell did I get some shit on me? It, it got bad because one, they threw the bottle and it hit Brandy in the head, the back of the head, right? And we're in a house that is literally all glass, right? And the realtor was on her way to do a scene and there's like fucking shit all over the place. So they're like trying to hurry up and clean it. They threw the bottle, one that had brandy. And then one of the girls, I'm not sure which one it was. They took a wine glass, broke the wine glass and made a shank. Gin! No, it was Lauren. Lauren was there at the scene. Lauren was like, shut it down, shut it down. It was so, you didn't see all of this, but- yeah, so it was it was bad. So they had to like get them out of there.
2: I, I gotta process this. So you're saying that Nia and her sister, one of them, broke a glass and made into a shank. Like we're in sixty days in.
1: Like orange is <laughs> new black. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now I didn't see any of this because at this point, uh, but this is what I was being told, and I'm like, wait, what? Like this sounds so crazy. So, basically, I think what happened was the network reviewed the footage, and you're not supposed to be fighting. And so, basically, they you didn't see it, them after that, right?
2: No. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you yeah. for your services. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Lord Jesus. Let's get into... Yeah. Your love life. So this season, we saw you meet a man during speed dating with his pretty eyes. He cut off his beard for you to expose more of his face. I'm like, oh, he is cute. He's very handsome. And Jen was telling me, like, you got to watch the show because I don't like to be told things. I'm a fan. I'm a viewer. So don't spoil things for me. But Jen was teasing me, like, I met a guy, Carlos. He's on the show. I like him. I think you will too. Just watch it. So I watched it and I think he's so sweet. He just seems like a good guy. Are you two still together?
1: You know, there is a second part of this season that is going to air. We got done filming the first part of the season almost like a year ago in October. Like they just are airing it. But we did film a part B. I'm not sure when that is going to air. So I don't want to all the way give it away. He is. An awesome guy. He has an amazing family. And he's just a, he's a good person. So here's the thing. You have met a lot of my guys. I have. On and off camera. Like, it's so crazy when I think about it. I'm like, damn, like, Carlos has known the majority of my boyfriends. (laughs)
2: Like, this is crazy. (laughs) I really have. I have literally met almost all of Jen's boyfriends. (laughs) All of them. So, but I haven't met this one yet. I don't want to get you in trouble, so don't spoil what's going to happen. What can we expect from the second part of this season?
1: The second part of the season is going to start crazy. Now, I don't know how they're going to edit it, but there was like a lot of things that were happening. Because I want to tell you so
2: bad. I know.
1: There's definitely some friendships that are fractured possibly broken, somebody exits. There's a lot of things happening.
2: See, guys, I am able to get (laughs) a lot of information if I wanted to, but because I love my listeners so much, I like to be on the journey with them. Because let's be clear, I can easily cut this interview and ask you all the questions and (laughs) she'll give me the answers, but because I'm loyal to my raindrops, we have to watch TV at the same time. So, guys... Don't worry. I'm not going to spoil it for y'all. I'm not going to ask Jen anything. We are going to watch it as a family when the new season comes back.
1: No, the second part, I think, is better than the first. Way better. I was nervous, and I actually called you, and I was like, hey, we have this female executive producer, which has never happened in the history of Basketball Wives. We've always had a male producer. And so I was nervous. I'm like... I don't know because you know dealing with a woman, she gonna have her period. I was like, I know I'm gonna have to cuss this bitch out at some point. Like, I was nervous, but I have to say, she turned out to be awesome because she understood female relationships. You see a different dynamic in part B of the season.
2: Yes, you did call me, and I said to you, I said I haven't worked with her, but I've been trying to get her one of my shows. Um, But she's always booked and busy. And I said to Jen, oh, she's dope. She can really do a good job. Trust her. People ask me all the time, like, Carlos, do you think these female ensemble shows can only work with a man or a gay man producing these women? Even recently, Giselle Bryant from Potomac asked me that question. And I said to her, a woman can produce a female ensemble show. It just takes them to get over the barrier of the, the female cast member thinking like, mm, what, what, what as long as she's talented, she can. Earlier, we talked about the fact that I have met some of your boyfriends. One of your exes that I did meet and have dinner with at Mr. Child was Tim Norman, who Ooh, we all know. not the
1: murderer, honey.
2: Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Any guy that Jen dates, I have to meet them because she's like, Carlos, you have discernment. I'm going to be very honest. When I met Tim... I thought he was nice. He he seemed very sweet. I mean, he's from St. Louis, so he had that Midwestern sensibility. Guys, he pulled out her chair. He made sure she ordered first. He spoiled her right before my brown eyes, and I was like, damn, bitch, you got a good one. But then, months later, I want to say, it was in the news that he was stalking you. It was a very bad breakup. Then we heard he supposedly put a bid on his nephew to get murdered. Now he's in jail. Did all of this surprise you? I I saw
1: a side of him that was crazy. Hence, you know, all like this court stuff. I never in a million years would have thought he would put a hit out on his nephew. Now, I had gone to St. Louis. He had walked me down the street where... The nephew was killed and his father got murdered, like on the next street over or something like that, like years prior. And so he's like walking me down the street, telling me the story and this and that. And so when everything comes out, I'm like, wait a minute. This is crazy as hell because I remember him taking me to this street where the nephew got murdered. So I tell people this, I definitely saw a crazy side of him, you know, with him like stalking me and he was, he was very jealous. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but one time we were in Pink Taco in LA, we were like sitting, it was kind of like a booth, but it was one of those booths that like extended and then there was like another table, right? And so then there was like a TV to my right. And so I'm looking at the TV, and there were some guys at the table next to us. And I don't know. I guess the guy was looking. I have no idea. He goes ape shit crazy in Pink Taco. So he, the guy says something, and he's like, why, why do you keep looking or something along those lines? And the guy's like, oh, no, you, like, you guys look familiar or whatever. Next thing I know, he takes his forearm, basically is about to flip the table. And he's like, I told you to stop looking over here, Some, some, And I was like, what the hell? I was mortified. I could not, but first of all, we're out in a public restaurant and this, I, it just wasn't warranted. I'm like, what the hell? What did I miss? We get in the car. I'm, I'm super nervous. I'm like, what the hell? And so he's like, it's all your fault. You kept looking at him. And I was just like, What? So now I'm on my phone and I'm texting Mary, my best friend. I'm like, girl, I'm scared. Like, this is so crazy. You don't even know what happened to us in Pink Taco. She's like, do you want me to come over? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, I don't want to agitate it anymore, but I was really scared. I really was. And so he stayed in my house and the next day he left and he went to the gym and he started sending me all of these screenshots and articles about um i cannot believe it about body language and he said i had my legs crossed towards the men and i was like what the hell i'm like my legs are long as hell i don't know which way they were crossed it was all i swear he sent me about five articles about body language and was basically saying that i don't know i was trying to entice the guy or something and i was like oh no this dude is batshit crazy.
2: Did he ever put his hands on you? No. No. He never did. Okay. Thank God. Oh. So,
1: I, you know, when the whole thing came out about the nephew, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, this is so crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. And so I actually sent a message to his cousin, Monique, because her and I were cool. And I was just like, listen, I'm... I'm thinking about you, you know, praying for your family. I, I mean, I didn't know what what to say or what to do. Like, I can imagine what the family was going through at that moment. Because when I heard the news, I was like, what? Like, this is so crazy. And then it was like really vindicating for me. Because when I came out with my story and everything that was going on with him and I, because one, I had to go to court. You know, people were like, "Oh, she's looking for attention," and they didn't believe me because he's on the one to own network, honey. He fooled Oprah too, so no. <laughs> Listen, he pulled a wool right over Oprah's eyes. Don't play with me,
2: Jennifer Williams. I can't with you, sis. But the fact that he—what I saw, which was he was very attentive and he—he he was, you know, chivalrous and and all these things. And now, when I look back on it, it, was like, was he possessive? And then the whole Pink taco story is just insane. So this guy who was stalking you, he tried to gaslight you by saying, no, it's your fault, which most abusers do. No, it's not my fault, it's yours. He sent you articles about body language to gaslight your ass into thinking you did something wrong to make up for his behavior and then to learn that he put a hit out for his nephew to get murdered. And it's just the saddest thing in the world, but I'm happy to obviously know that you got out of that situation the moment you did see the signs, because it is it, not worth it, ladies, to stay in a situation, no matter how much he spoils you, spends money on you, your, your safety, no. your health and your life is way more important than that.
1: When we first met, a friend of mine actually knew uh, one of his friends. And he was, like, telling her, like, oh, I, you know, I want to meet her or whatever. And so, you know, my mom had passed away in um, at, at the end of December. And that was obviously a very difficult time for me, which, you know, because, you know, we were filming The Next 15. I literally was, like, not leaving the house. One of my very good friends, who I call my sister from New York, um she's a few years older than me she actually moved into my house because she was like i'm going to cook for you i'm going to check on you i'm going to make sure you're good i'm going to get you out the house like i literally I, I started drinking a lot because that was the only thing that was kind of like taking the pain away a little bit and then i had to like do a whole detox because i saw myself going down a bad path So fast forward to like a couple months later, I'm like, okay, you know, let me try and like get back to some type of normalcy in my life. When I met him, I was looking for some form of companionship because I was I was missing that with my mother. And so I was just to try and just be around somebody to feel comfortable and loved. And and I understand now looking back on it what I was doing. But in that moment, I did not know because I was just so grief stricken. And so when he came around, he was always big for me. And like you said, he was a gentleman and, you know, he communicated with me well. And that was something that I was looking for. We spent a lot of time together. We did things. So it kept my mind off of what I was actually going through. And so that's kind of how we became a couple.
2: Well, I'm glad you were able to get out of that situation. And obviously, you know, you were in another situation where a guy stole your Range Rover (laughs) and did some crazy things. Another guy I met at church. This is is crazy. Uh, It's so crazy. This dude came to church with me. In his red Lamborghini.
1: That was mine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, bitch!
2: Check me. <laughs> yes,
1: so, that was my
2: Ferrari. What is the latest with you and this project you're doing called Scam Likely, where you partner with your home girl Angela Yee, who you went to school with? Y'all been friends forever. So
1: I have to say, I am super excited about this project, Scam Likely. As you know, I have been working on it for... Almost two years, and it's a passion project of mine. And when this whole situation happened to me with my Range Rover getting stolen, and I went public with my story, the amount of people that reached out to me about this one man was astronomical. I cannot believe it. My DMs were flooded with women, men, gay men his family. And I I just couldn't even keep track of all the stories and what people were telling me. And so I'm thinking like, okay, I had somebody reach out to me from 2004 that he has scammed in Vegas. And I'm saying to myself, how the hell has he been able to get away with this for almost two decades? Like, this is crazy to me. And the stories that people were telling me, they were so compelling. They were so heartbreaking. And I said, I have to do something with this. And I want people to know who he is and what he does, because if I can help one person and save their bank accounts or their livelihood, then that is my responsibility to do this because I have the platform to do it. And so I was so ahead of this whole scam culture that we are now seeing play out on TV from invincing Anna to Bad Vegan to Tender Swindler. I was ahead of this curve. So every time a show would come out, I would be like, God, damn, I got to get scam likely on the air. This is so crazy. My show finally got greenlit. I partnered with Half Yards. It's going to be on VH1. I don't have an air day yet, but we are filming it and I am super excited about this story. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. I can't wait for people to hear the other victims and what he has done to people and how he has affected people's lives. And you have to stay tuned because Kim likely became a major storyline in Basketball Wives, the second part of the season.
2: I'm so proud of you. I thank you so thank much you. for joining this podcast. Where can people follow you, support you, all those things?
1: Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Jennifer Williams. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to get better with the tweeting. But when the show comes on, I try and tweet a little more. So my Twitter is I am Jennifer, And you have to make sure you check out my new hairline that I launched on Basketball Wives called Redefine. You can find that at RedefineGlam.com. So come get your bundles, honey.
2: Child, wasn't Jennifer dropping some crazy ass stories? Not only about her time of Basketball wise, but child, about her relationship with Tim. Now, yes, I did meet the guy and he was so sweet, but ladies and gentlemen, that's why you gotta watch child. <laughs> but when you date somebody new, and they come across like Prince Charming when, child, they could be Darth Vader, okay? But I'm happy that Jennifer found her place on Basketball Wise because I think she's such a great reality star, and she's somebody who understands the assignment and being messy on the low, but also moving story forward. So I cannot wait until what this new season is going to bring. And don't forget raindrops tonight. There's an all-new episode of Bell Collective where you're going to see Glenn and Leticia talk about the status of their marriage. Here's a clip for you to listen to.
0: The
1: brunches are definitely not the problem. You're coming up with them damn lies. That's what she needs. It's Marie's shady attitude. You didn't do the stabbing, but your hand was on the knife. They all set me up for the is a lie. Bell Collective. New episode tonight at 9, 8 central
2: thoughts, opinions, reads about this episode, email me at realitywiththeking at snitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to reality with the king wherever you get your podcast visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at the carlos king underscore on instagram and twitter reality with the king is a production of more sauce by stitcher it is executive produced by me carlos king and jasmine henley brown we are also produced by lushik lotus lee and laporsha thomas Engineering and Music by Marcus Hamm.
1: More sauce.